All right, would you please extend your hands to the sweetheart of a man of God, my friend Mohan Babu. We bless this man. I thank you for the privilege of fellowship with a man like this for the years I've known him and the, the millions, really, who have come to receive because of his ministry. Truly a fruitful man. We today can't wait to receive of the good fruit of the kingdom of heaven that pours out of your vessel. So anoint him fresh today. And we say we have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying and hearts that are responsive to the truths that we'll receive today. Amen. Would you please welcome Mohan Babu. Well, praise the Lord. I hope uh, you are all really doing wonderful this morning. And uh, as my dear brother Steve said, uh, uh, for me, God has stopped aging. <laughs> I've been there, I mean, I've been coming to Hillside almost 20 years, I think. And uh, it's been a great joy and privilege to be back in this church. It's like a family to me. And I've seen so many leaders in the past and all good friends. Some of them, they have gone to be with the Lord, but uh, it's, all, it's okay. And then, you know, uh, as uh, my dear friend Steve said, uh, his uh, dear wife Audrey, and we have been such a blessing to the kingdom of God, I can tell you. They have been tireless. They always love the Lord and they love the people of God. That is evident uh, through this church. One thing I want to say. And uh, yes, when we, they have come to India, we just made them to work all through. <laughs> all through, you know. We don't want to miss uh, everything, any small thing. And let me share one thing. When they came to uh, India for children ministry, uh, Steve was preaching, ministering all through. At one point of time, let me tell you, it was like uh, the, the Holy Spirit God, he, was, he has manifested literally, uh, like uh, when we both were talking together, we have seen some girls who are crying. And then, uh, Steve said, what's happening? Then I said, I think uh, something is happening. Let's wait and watch. Then a few girls went there, few kids went there. They started crying. Another big group started crying. And then we told, talked to each other, let us not interrupt the ministry of Holy Spirit God. No, he is the boss. He is the boss here. He is a senior pastor here. And uh, he is a senior pastor to me. Whatever he leads, we go accordingly. We don't do what we want. What he wants, we want to share the word to you. And that night was a powerful night, you know, we have seen. And then I told Brother Steve that, you know, Pastor Steve, God is going to use you mightily, you know, because you carry that anointing. You know, you have that uh, grace on your life. And this hillside church, let me share, it's going to be like a, a city set up on a hill will be a blessing not only to this city, but this region. And I pray that this church will have not just one service, it will have multiple services. How many of you believe that? It's my prayer that when people come inside, they need not be prayed for, they will be healed the moment they enter into the house. Because that is, that is the manifest presence of God. When his glory comes down, you have to rest, he will work. That's what, I, it's my prayer and my word that I can release to this church before I minister. Now, it's now having said that word, let me uh, teach, uh, preach how it works out in your lives. Uh, and my dear friends, uh, you know, Rick and Lisa, very, very dear to me. And whenever I come to uh, this place, I never miss meeting them. It's like a brother, and Lisa is like a sister to me. They are very, they, they were uh, in the Hershey school uh, teaching. And Lisa, is, she's a wonderful worship leader. She's a great uh, art and media, art and culture, all that she is uh, good at that. And uh, we love her. They have a sweet heart to serve God and to be with the men of God. So they are in the ministry and I appreciate them. 
when I asked them to come, they said very lovingly, uh, they said, we want to be a part of this uh, ministry, we want to come. And then, thank you so much for uh, being a blessing to us. You have been such a blessing to us right from the beginning for the past 20 years. Uh, can we give them a big round of applause? Uh, yeah. And uh, I cannot preach be without introducing my dear wife. So, here is my beloved wife in whom I am well pleased. As, as uh, Steve said, you know, age is catching me up, not in the front side, from the back side. <laughs> you know, I just felt when, when I was losing some hair, I felt a little bad about it. You know, Lord, what is this happening? Then I realized one thing, the Lord counts each one of our hair. Why do I bother now? Every day I, I do, I, mean, I comb, then I, something is gone. I don't know, but the Lord knows how many hair has gone down because he, is, he, he counts it like, you know. Then I felt, uh, the Lord might have felt that I don't want to have burden on his head. <laughs> Too much weight, uh, take it out, slowly taking it out, out. Not from the front side, from the back side. Uh. I can't see. Then I realized one thing. Let me focus what I could see. Lord, I focus on you, not on my back. Leave the back behind, whatever happens. So normally, you know, I'm married. This is my 39th year of my uh, uh, married life. And my wife always been a great blessing to me. I always say that if people say I'm successful, I owe 80% of my success to my dear wife, you know. I publicly, I told in my church everywhere I say, not to please her, but to make her speak the truth in love. So she gets up early in the morning at 3 o'clock, prays for me, prays for everyone. If you give some prayer requests, she has got the tenacity to pray. That's it. And she wants to know what happened after that. And then she wakes me up at 5 o'clock with a cup of coffee. So two hours of rest for me. And then I'll get up and have my quiet time with the Lord. So this is what our ministry. And also let me tell you, these are the last. How many of you believe that these are the last days? Sir? Things are changing so fast. I feel, I was always feeling that some of these young people might get married or not. I don't know. Because if the Lord comes, they have to get up. They can't say that, Lord, please wait till I get married. That doesn't work out. <laughs> you know, and then I was uh, asking, Lord, give me 10 strong years, Lord. Because in my state, we have 40,000 churches in my state of uh, Telangana. And where uh, we just uh, praying that each month, each church will bring one soul into the kingdom, into their churches, it will be 40,000. 40,000. Just look at that. And uh, if one year, it's 480,000. In 10 years, 5 million people. Just one, one soul. So when I shared this vision to the pastors, it's not that I am the tallest guy, but uh, you know, when I shared this vision, the, all the top pastors and big leaders, they said, Pastor Mohan, because you shared this vision, God has given you this burden. Why do you want to lead this? You be the chairman for this moment. I, I was, it was a very humbling thing for, to me. So I've been praying that one day when we go to heaven, we should not have any excuses. And uh, now my dear brother spoke to me, Steve spoke to me so good about me, so kind words, thank you so much. But uh, in heaven, Jesus will not allow him to say those words. I have to say my words, you know. I have to say my words. He's a great guy. I know how great this guy is, you know. You don't uh, recommend. Uh, oh, he has been serving so, so tiredly. I know how he was serving. You just keep. That day, that day, we have to speak for ourselves. That makes me feel real scared. Nobody will come and speak for me. Even my wife, 
poor guy, if it, that doesn't work out, you know. You have to speak for yourself. That scares me, Lord. I want to give my best to you, Lord God. This 10 years, let me give my best, Lord. When I go to heaven, I will be like, I'll make my head up and speak to you. And then as a sign fellowship ministries, we have, a, now this is a big ministry, like you know, Telangana, entire state. As a sign fellowship ministries, we want to plant 3,000 churches in 10 years. 3,000. Hillside always been a partner with us in prayers, in supporting every time, you know. It's not just today it has happened. It's been a past track record. You have been a, a part of Sion Fellowship Ministries. What is happening there? Almost 800 churches. You have a part in those ministries, beloved. You don't know, don't realize at times, but you have a part in those ministries. So I just want to thank you. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for being a blessing to us and praying and standing with us. God bless you. Thank you so very much. And uh, how many of you are ready for the word this morning? Yeah. Yes, I have a word actually, I've been praying, I've been coming, I've been visiting few churches and I've been preaching to them, uh, ministering to them, people, uh, you know, asking them to come forward and uh, receiving the anointing, receiving the touch of God, touch of Lord Jesus Christ uh, to their lives. Actually, you know, when you come to church, because of COVID, I've been t telling this, when you come to church, for what? It's a mandate of God. Hebrews 10.25 You must come to church to worship Him. To thank Him. First when you enter with thanksgiving. Lord, you, you made me alive today to worship you, Lord. Because you know one thing, how many of you know that uh, every day in the whole world, 35,000 people, they, uh, you know, they, they, they go to sleep, the next day they don't sleep. Just like that, they die on their beds. But then I said, Lord, you wake me up today morning to worship you, Lord, to do something through me, Lord. And then a testimony, what God has done in your lives all these years, it's a testimony that, you know, God's faithfulness in your lives God's goodness in your lives. Yes, today, when we are talking, when we are coming down, they were talking about their lives, how God has been, you know, uh, faithful to them. When there was no money, no job, no situations, it was tough times. Every time the faithfulness of God, when you come to church and share your life, it, be, it's be, it, be a, it will be a blessing to others. It will motivate others. And not only one thing, as you know, Pastor Steve said this morning, this is a place of transformation. When you come to church, it's a place where you encounter the Holy Spirit God, you receive the word of God, you hear the voice of God, and you enjoy the presence of God. And you also enjoy the fellowship of the saints. So that's why always post-COVID, this is my message to the church. Go and tell others who have not come to church. Please make it uh, come to church because that is a great blessing to others. So, and the next thing, I, I was, uh, you know, sharing few uh, thoughts that God has given to me. When Jesus was in, the, in, this, in this world, in his earthly ministry, he was the first, what are the primary things he has? Like, you know, he has was praying to his father, the most important thing, and he was doing the will of his father. Somebody said, Jesus is God's will in action. Jesus is God's will in action. So that's what he was uh, living like that. And not only that, you know, he was uh, reaching out people. He was reaching out people, and he was touching and uh, the poor and needy and healing them, and then, you know, casting out the demons, feeding them, you see all that. And also the most important thing was, he was training his disciples for the assignment is going to be handed over to them. He was preparing them. 
three and a half years he was you know training them and uh, he was reaching them to the people but i this morning i want to share three stories where they were they were reaching jesus christ they just came to jesus and uh, they came out of their desperation they came out of, the, of their comfort zone they ca- came out of their you know all the obstacles what they were facing so this is uh, three stories one is you know the leper if you look at mark's gospel chapter 1 verse 40 here the leper came to jesus and he knelt down before jesus he was reaching out this is the challenge for us this morning he was reaching out he was not passive he was active he wanted something to happen to him he was desperate to see something happened to his life and it was the leper because in those days the lepers they were not supposed to enter into the town they were not supposed to wear the proper clothing they have to have a torn clothing and when they go out they should say they should scream that i am unclean i am unclean so that nobody will go closer to him even if he wants to talk to someone you should be at least 16 feet away from him to talk to him what a, a pathetic situation beloved we don't like all those things we want to be celebrated where we go and we want to be accepted where we go when i come to hillside i feel i'm accepted here i'm celebrated here where you where you go where you are celebrated don't go where you are tolerated oh this guy is a pain in the neck no don't go there you know go where you are celebrated this guy is totally is is is, is out of context he is living a solitary life he is an outcast but you know what he said he came to jesus he knelt down in other scriptures if you look at you know luke's gospel you know 5 12:15 and matthew's gospel 8:1 to 4 he worshiped he worshiped in jewish custom you are not supposed to worship anybody except jehovah that's it and if you worship anyone you are you are uh, uh, you know of uh, you are you are uh, violating the 10 commandments and you will be stoned to death that was the punishment but here this guy was so desperate he defied death in order to receive a miracle beloved and he worshiped him and he was asking him <coughs> if you are willing jesus if you are willing cleanse me lord if you are willing jesus normally for him time and distance was not an issue when in the bible you say he was when he was speaking to the canaanite women the roman uh, centurion time and distance was never an issue your servant will be healed your daughter will be healed immediately on the same time she was healed but here i don't know about you but i never ever touched a, a leper in all my life never because it's like uh, when they in india when they gave uh, they they come for begging we just drop the money from the top you hear the sound they are okay with it they are okay with it but this leper came to uh, to jesus are you willing if you are willing lord if you look at the old testament the leprosy you know miriam the sister of moses got the leprosy because she spoke against her brother so leprosy has a spiritual meaning immediately the lord you know i don't want to get into the whole story but you know that she had leprosy and uh, she has to go out of the place and then he has there is another guy gehazi the disciple of elisha he was you know uh, because of his greed the leprosy was transferred from naaman to gehazi for a generations 
And then another king, Uzziah, he started off very well, but you know what? When he wanted to burn incense at the altar, which he's not supposed to do, because of his pride, he got the leprosy till his death. Now you see in the Old Testament, the leprosy came because of the stubbornness and rebelliousness. The leprosy came because of the greed. The leprosy came because of the pride. Now you can relate this leprosy to our personal lives. The applicability, what, what is that you can apply this to us? Your attitude towards others. Your attitude towards your own self. And your attitude towards your life. This, war, this is what you can see, beloved. This leper came. He said, if you are willing, Jesus, I want this issue in my life. Please, will you, will you, will you touch and, uh, not touching, if you cleanse me. Not, he didn't say that word touch. But Jesus felt compassion. He stretched out his hand and he said, I am willing. This morning, this is a word for some of you, maybe, beloved. If you come to Jesus, you might not be expecting his touch, but he is willing to touch you. He is willing to touch you. And if you look at Luke's gospel, <coughs> the guy was full of leprosy. There was not even a spot that he's missed out. If I look at somebody, will you touch me, sir? Where is a place where there is no leprosy, I'll touch there. You know? <laughs> that is our human nature. But he was full of leprosy. And Jesus said, I'm willing. Because I have come to exchange your leprosy on the cross of Calvary. I mean, I have come to exchange all that what you are going through in your life. But it is for your take, it is for you to call how desperate you are. You want to come forward. Lord, I need that miracle. He was reaching out for a miracle, beloved. He was not passive. Christian life is not passive life, beloved. It's always proactive. Lord, I want to do something for you, Lord. I want a miracle from you, Lord. I am in struggle. But still, I want you, Lord God. I'm having this problem in my life. But still, I want you, Lord God. Because you only can solve the problem in my life, Lord. So that is what uh, this morning, beloved. So there's another guy in the Bible. He is Jairus, the ruler of synagogue. You know what? He was, uh, he was the master. He, he holds the Torah. He runs the, uh, the religious place for Jews. And you know what happened? He was uh, uh, in, he, he worshipped God, he knelt before God, he fell before Jesus Christ. In those days, as I told you, anybody, you know, worships God, our, and our worship is like, you know, we jump, we dance, we do all that. But in Jewish custom, it's not just like standing, it's prostrate before him, before everybody. When there were multitudes around Jesus Christ, this man, because his daughter was dying, he wanted to see something good to her. He was risking his life for his daughter. In the past, the leper was risking his life for himself. But here, he's risking his life for his daughter. I want you to look at your children, beloved. Concern about them. Here, Jairus fell flat before Jesus Christ. He doesn't want to live in that comfort zone. There were multitudes. Immediately, you know what they would have done? They would have taken him out of the town and stoned him to death. That's it. That was the custom. Because nobody can prostrate before any man except Jehovah. But this one publicly decided, let me receive a miracle. 
let me reach out jesus in the process if i die it's okay let me go there that is a tenacity beloved god wants the tenacity from us god never wants us to live in that comfort zone god wants to live come out of that comfort zone and to come into the conference zone i want to come to the conference zone not live in the comfort zone what is it you are going to achieve if you are living in the comfort zone come to church and have some tithing and singing all good things are happening but god want something beyond that from you this is not just pastor steve is going to fill this church it is the it is a you know the sheep that has to give birth not the shepherd my dad used to tell me ask where you know my dad was a great man of god you know he was uh, encountered by jesus in a hindu temple in audible voice when he was dying and you know i and he you know jesus said do you know whom you are worshiping then my dad turned and said who are you sir who are you i said i am jesus christ of nazareth i am the living god if you worship me if you if you if you uh, if you believe in me i will heal you that's what my dad wanted because the doctor said he's going to die within 4 months this happened 30 years back and we were i was young at that time i was just 15 now you can you can guess my age now <laughs> i was just 15 and then Jesus said if you believe in me I will heal you I will save you I will use you in my ministry He was God healed him completely beloved He lived for another 23 long years served the Lord And he used to tell our people how many how many sheep you have given birth One lady used to get up and say 10 How many you 5 How many? Three. My dad used to say, "Why three? You should pray a lot about that." And he told, used to tell them, you know, every year the sheep has to give birth to the sheep. That's that's the most important thing, beloved. The comfort zone will make us to passive. The conference zone will give us the tenacity and the give us the the battlefield where we can be winners all the time. Because one man with God is a majority. You know, when I was uh, uh, let me tell you my story. When I was in Boston, I was preaching in Boston. There is a big church, like you know, seven eight thousand people. When you have a big, preaching in a big church, there are some protocols. you have a security here security there and when you preach you are not supposed to, they are not supposed to come and talk to you because uh, it's always because it's a crowded thing so you will be feel like sometimes celebrity kind of a situation like sometimes like you know you come and go everybody will be running around you preach the word and say bye guys everybody okay see you next time and go another said but when i was doing that There was one lady she was shouting from the crowd pastor i want to talk to you and the security said no way because sir has to go inside to have his uh, thing uh, coffee or whatever <laughs> then i said i said no 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 let's you know let her let her come because i am not a corporate pastor i am a relational pastor i want people i want to talk to them i want to fellowship with them Then I said, "Let her come." She came close to me. You know what she said, Pastor? Do you recognize me? I said, "All of you look alike. How can I recognize you guys?" You know, <laughs> you all look alike. But I didn't say that openly because that we might hurt her. I just I was talking to myself. You all look alike. How can I recognize you guys? but this lady was telling one day we were traveling to san diego you were with us then i said oh i know the story you know let me tell you that story 
when I was traveling from Boston uh, to San Diego, I think somewhere to San Diego, and uh, the flight was full, and there was one big man was sitting, like uh, bigger than you said, big man, like you know, he was sitting like you know, and another lady was sitting the other side. I was left out with a middle seat. I went and said, sir, can I sit there? I thought they will switch over and give me a seat because they're wife and husband. I said, he said, no, you can sit in the middle seat, no problem. I said, okay. Then I sat, uh, I looked at this guy, he's a big guy, you know, what is, then I have to have my belt and all, what is that, you know, um, seat belt. Because when you do that seat belt, you will be touching somebody like this, you know. Then I am worried. Uh, if this guy feels that I am floating with his wife, I am in trouble. Uh, what do I do now? Slowly I put my seat belt and I said, Lord, I want to sit like this for two hours. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to sit like a statue, get down. Oh, thank God. That was my take. But after some time, the Lord was speaking to me, talk to this lady. Oh, said, Lord, it's very difficult thing. <laughs> very difficult thing. My, you know, my questioning, Lord, it, I don't think it will happen, Lord. Look at this big guy, you know, one stroke, I'm down. <laughs> How can I uh, talk to this lady? And then I wanted to be in the comfort zone. The Lord was pushing me to the conference zone. Before going to the conference zone, I had a confrontation with Lord Jesus Christ. But every confrontation, he wins if, you're, if you obey. If you obey, he wins. So I said, yes, Lord, let me talk to this lady. Then slowly I said, sister, how are you? And this, that, and all. That guy was not looking like this also. He was just like big statue. So... I was just uh, talking to her, what happened. Then I told about my dad's story. My dad was dying with a bad liver. He has no hope, no situation, eight children. If he dies, we'll be on the roads. That was, I was telling all that. But Jesus Christ, for him, idol worship is an abomination, but his love pierced into that place into the temple and touched and transformed my dad. What a love. That is the love of Jesus Christ, beloved. That's what I want to encourage you. Don't feel that you are untouchable. You are touchable, beloved. You are touchable. Somebody wants to touch you. Somebody wants to pat you that you are mine. You, I am with you. I will take care of you. Don't worry. That's what, you know. And then I was just sharing my story and all. Finally, when we were about to get down, this, uh, I said, uh, sister, thank you so much. God bless you. And I said, sir, I'm okay, sir. We are, God bless you. Oh, it's okay. All right. It's okay. Good man. Oh, he didn't even look at me while I was talking. Nothing. But now come back to the story. You know what this lady told me? Pastor, when you shared your dad's testimony, my husband, when we came down from the flight, he gave his life to the Lord. He gave his life to the Lord. Now he's serving. He's an evangelist. He's an evangelist. He's serving the Lord. <coughs> now you tell me, if I chose to live in that comfort zone, I would have missed an evangelist in the kingdom of God. If you want to live in the comfort zone, you'll be missing the best for the kingdom of God. This church has so many people waiting outside in this town. Only one thing, they need your talk, they need your touch. They are in trouble outside. Because without Jesus, you cannot lead your life. You cannot have answers for your questions. You don't have hope. And there's a hopeless society outside. We are the children of God, anointed by God. You know, our word has got the power. Our touch has got the power. You can release a prophetic word into the situations. I can tell you hundreds of stories, but there's no time. 
when you go out and talk to people, they said that, yes, we want Jesus Christ. That is my challenge to this church, beloved. That is my challenge to each one of you. Jairus, he, he fell before Jesus. He fell flat and worshipped him and said, would you come to my house? And then somebody said, you know, oh, your, your daughter already died. Don't bother the preacher. Preacher, he is looking at him as a God. And somebody is saying him a preacher. Teacher, no. He's not preacher and teacher. He's God first. And then Jesus said, don't worry, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'll make things change for you. When he went inside there, you know what happened? You know, he's, he asked only Peter, James, and John to come inside. When you go to the, when you go to the ministry, you always need to have people who have a positive attitude and a positive word. Very, very important. You speak a positive word into the situations. When there is an opportunity, there is a, there is a situation that comes in, we can either react positively or negatively. Every time. I, was, I have three kids. When my son uh, John, who is the youngest, who is young, and uh, he, I think Pastor Steve has seen him, and uh, I made up my mind, I have decided, I will never speak a negative word to my kids. Never. Always positive. And then, uh, I always used to tell him, John, you are a good boy. Then he used to come sometimes to me with a broken toy. He has done that. And she used to come and ask me a question. Dad, am I still a good boy? Now it's my choice. It's a costly toy. He has broken it. Now what is my reaction? Inside there is a commotion. But outside, I have decided to say a good word. I said, John, still you are a good boy. Go and play. Inside was not good. But outside, because I don't want to speak a negative word. Because your word affects the future of your children. Your word, your blessings will follow them. Never say a negative word, even to anyone, beloved. Speak a positive word. If at all there is an opportunity, there is a chance of speaking a negative word, keep quiet. Don't say anything. Keep quiet. It's okay. All well. God bless you. That's it. That's what happens, beloved. Here, Jesus never allowed the people who have a negative attitude and negative mindset. When he came inside to the room, and uh, they were mocking at Jesus because he said, he's, she's not dead, she's just sleeping. When you make a statement, Jesus Christ, the one who can raise her from the dead, whenever you say a faith word, somebody's always there to mock. His hillside will make a big time? Yes. Oh, I don't know whether it happens or not. Don't keep those people around you. Will said we'll have a bigger, will it bring the revival in the town? Yes. Somebody says, oh, I don't know whether uh, it brings revival or not. Don't keep those people around you. Because we don't, Jesus said, I don't want the people inside the room. He said, get out of that room. And he was only allowed Peter, James, and John, and the parents. He touched her, and he said, talitakumi. Girl, rise up. And she started speaking, beloved. And handed over to the parents. This morning, Jesus will hand over your children to you. Whatever situation they are in. Because he is in control of their lives, beloved. You should pray and prostrate before him. And worship him. Lord, I want my children back in the kingdom of God. I want them to serve you, Lord God. I want to see them as a mighty man and a mighty woman of God. So I want to see them blessed. When people speak uh, against your children, don't, uh, don't allow that to happen. You speak against that word. You tell them that my children will make it bigger and better. 
One day, one uh, my my elder son's PT, I mean uh, physical director, came to me and said, he being my friend, he said, Prince, you know Prince, uh, Pastor Steve, and uh, he said, your son will not come to school, college regularly. I said, even I was doing the same in when I was young. So what is a big deal? He was bunking classes. Even I was doing club bunking classes when I was young. He was moving around. I was doing the same when I was young. So there is nothing wrong in. I mean, it's, it's a pattern going on. It's a pattern that I have done. He is doing. But he said, one word he said, he will not make it big. He will be a failure. That word I could not take. I looked at his. I having. He said all that whatever he has to say. Then I looked into his eyes and said, my friend, let me tell you one thing. My son will make it bigger and better because I believe in my Lord Jesus Christ. He does things for my son. The day he becomes successful, I'll come back to you. <laughs> this is my word for you. I'll come back. The present situation, the fact he was not doing well. But the truth, he will do well. Because we carry the truth. The truth is the promise of God to our children. Our children. One day, he'll become bigger and better. And then, when my son went to England to study, he did a nice thing. Today, he's doing a wonderful business and highly successful highly successful, then I, I, I have a tease, I have a nature to tease people sometimes, you know. <laughs> and that's my nature, like, you know, I, I went, hey, come on, my friend, you know what my son Prince is doing? He was, you know what he was saying? Even I told, even before only, that he'll make, a, make it bigger and better. He never said that. I told You defend your children, beloved. Don't allow anybody to speak against them. Because that is your children, and you have a responsibility. Pray for them and release them, beloved. Hallelujah. And then, you know, Jesus handed over that girl to the parents. What a joy. Only daughter. You know, daughter is always close to father's heart. He must be very joyful. He risked his life, beloved. That's what I want to tell you this morning. Don't live in that conference or comfort zone, but get Get to the conference zone, to the situations. Fight it out by prayer, by your faith. That's what I want to tell you this morning. And then there is another story, I'll close it. And this is while Jesus was going, if you look at Luke's chapter, there was a, there was a woman who has got a, a blood issue. You all know the story. Blood issue for 12 years. She went to all the doctors, and in fact, it is uh, in, instead of getting better, it grew worse. She lost all her money. She must be a rich woman. I don't know about the insurance here, American insurance. You know, in India, one guy called me and he said, Sir, uh, do you want to have an insurance? We have a very attractive insurance policy. Then I said, Okay, talk to me. Okay, talk to me. And uh, he was talking to me and all. Finally, he said, if you want to qualify for this insurance, you need to be, at least be admitted in the hospital for one day, 24 hours. Then I told him, sir, thank you for all that what you said, but I, am, I don't qualify for that. I was never been in hospital for even a single day all through my life. Till today. Till today. Then that guy was telling, was thinking that this guy must be a six-pack guy, like, you know, six-pack and very strong and all. A big-time guy. You know, oh, sir, then you must be very healthy, very strong, very this and that. All of that he was telling. Then I told him, I was not the way you are thinking. I'm not a six-pack guy. I'm a family pack guy. <laughs> I'm a family pack, small family pack I have. But uh, the one who is inside of me, the one who is inside of me, he has got eight packs. 
is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one who conquered sin and death. And he is holding the keys of Hades and death. Without his permission, you are not going to die. Because the keys are with him. We are safe and secured in him. So, the, you know, that's what. This lady, she, her condition grew worse and worse. She can't even walk properly. But one thing happened to her. This morning I want to challenge you with that word. She heard about Jesus. The leper heard about Jesus. If you look at Matthew 7, 7, he says, Ask, it shall be given. Seek, you will find. Knock, it will be opened. The leper got it in the 8th chapter. This lady, she heard about Jesus. When she, she heard about Jesus, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. She got the faith. And she said, not only she had the faith, she started confessing that faith, beloved. When you receive the word, you can just, uh, you have to confess that word into your being. What she was confessing, she said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. That was her confession. Because death and life are in the, in the, in the, in the, the power of death and life in the tongue. Proverbs 18.21 The power of life and death are in my tongue. If I confess, I'm going to be made well if I touch the hem of his garment. Not him. Hem of his garment. And then, not only she confessed, she started walking to, towards Jesus. You need to walk in faith. Walk by faith. Towards what is given to you. Situations may not be the same. The facts are different. But the faith will take you to that place, beloved. So she was going there. And she said, you know, if I, she was walking closely. Because faith, the exact opposite word for faith is fear. If you have faith, you can say that, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? If you have fear, you run away from him. Either you run away, or you stand and speak against him. One day I was in Bhutan. I was going to, to minister there. Bhutan is a forbidden uh, place for gospel. If somebody sees you preaching gospel, they'll put you in jail for whatever the time they like. They'll beat you to death. And we know that, but when we went as a team, one of my Canadian friends came to me, we all went, and we were going to see the mountains. And then, I was, uh, we wanted some fruits, we got down, and the driver who was driving us, because we were speaking in tongues and all in the car, because we thought, this guy doesn't know what we are. So we were speaking in tongues and going on. So when we got down, the driver came to me and he said, Sir, are you a Christian? Then I said, Lord, I'm in trouble. If I say yes, if he, if he informs the police, I'm in trouble. Before coming from, uh, to going to Bhutan, my friend was jokingly said, Rani, we are going there. If you come back, it's good. If we are caught there, you might see your husband in long white beard. Because after a long time, he might come back to you. Then suddenly that came to my mind. If I say yes, if the, this guy will take me to the police station, I will have a long beard and the prophetic word will come to pass in my life. So what do I do now? I said, then I, the word of God says, if you deny me before people, I deny you before my father. If you accept me, I will accept. Now, Lord, I am in trouble, Lord. That 30 seconds was the longest 30 seconds in my life. <laughs> longest. So I made up my mind. I said, I said, yes, I am a Christian. Then he came even closer to me. He said, sir, I am also a Christian, sir. 
Then I said, hug, give me a big hug, man. <laughs> give me a big hug, you know. I was, I was struggling these 30 seconds. You know, your faith, your faith not to just speak out, but to live in. Not for a, just a miracle, but even in the hostile situations to survive and be victorious. And this woman was going there. And from the back, she touched his garment. And uh, if you look at the scriptures, I don't have time, but you can go and give the, look at the scriptures, you know. Immediately, the fountain was stopped. Because even before going and touching Jesus, it was still the fountain was going on. She was almost dying. If you look at the Jewish custom, an unclean woman comes to the town and touches a clean man, she can be stoned to death. She was desperate. I don't want this situation in my life, Lord. I got your word that you are going to release me, relieve me. I don't want to live in this situation anymore. I've seen the world outside. Nothing happened. Now I want a miracle. I want to reach you this today, Lord. So she was going. Immediately when she touched, her fountain stopped. Then another thing happened. Then Jesus said, you know, who touched me? Jesus all-knowing. But Jesus said, who touched me? Then he said, the disciples were telling, oh Jesus, everybody is falling on you. Peter always vocal, you know, everybody is falling on you. How can we say that who touched you? You know, everybody is touching you. But Jesus said, no, no, that is not the touch. Everybody comes to church, but one will take the miracle. Who is that touch? Who touched me today? I perceive that the power has gone out of me. I perceive that the power has gone out of me. Somebody picked my pocket. Somebody picked my power pocket. Who is that guy? That's what Jesus wanted. If you reach out by faith, you can drag the power from Jesus Christ. Who activated the miraculous? It was a woman her desperation, defying death, her tenacity, not, doesn't want to live in that comfort zone, but get to the confront zone. Let me go there and see what happens. With people, you might not get it, but Jesus, every time you'll get it, get an answer. And she came before him. She said, it's me. Then what Jesus said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. You got to, because Jesus is the author and finisher of faith. You cannot generate faith from yourself. It has to come from God. He gave that faith to her. Your faith has healed you. This morning, beloved, I just want to see the faith for our lives, individual lives, faith for our families, Faith for our churches. Lord, we want to see <coughs> something happen, Lord God. We want to see a miracle should happen in my life. It starts with your conviction, beloved. It starts with your decision to walk, to receive it, to confess it, to walk, and to touch Jesus Christ. That happens. It could be any miracle. For her, it is a healing. It could be financial miracle for you. You must be expecting something in your life. Maybe a job. Maybe a relational, you know, restoration. Anything it could happen. Because uh, before I close, when I want to say, tell the story and close it. When Moses, God was encountering Moses, God said, what is that you're holding in your hand? And Moses said, the rod. The rod he was carrying for 40 years. The rod was limited. 
the Lord speaks about his past. His, his absolute, you know, when his son, he, gave, he, he got a son, Gershom, he said, I'm a stranger in a foreign land. He lost his identity. He was tending his father's sheep. He thought he will die there in that wilderness. There is no hope situation. But there was an encounter. The Lord was asking him, what is that you are holding? Moses said, the rod. He said, drop it. That is your past. If you want future, you drop the farm. You cannot hold do things. Drop your past. And when he dropped it, it, was, it became a snake. And Moses was scared actually. You always cared about your past. When they, those things come against you, you always intimidated, you are scared, and you are pained by your past. But Jesus said, you take hold of the snake by tail, not the head, because head belongs to me. Because the snake, when it looks at you, it will hiss on you about your past. You can't make it. You can't do it. You are not very well loved by God. You are not special to him. You are a done deal. You, have, you are almost done. But Jesus said, I will take the head. I will trample its head on the cross of Calvary. You don't need to do that, Moses. One day I'll do that. For It will never speak against you. It will never speak against you. So then he lifted the rod up. That was the rod of his future, beloved. That was the rod of his future. This morning I want to encourage you. You know, there is a great future. There is a great uh, promises that are waiting for you. There are so many good things that are waiting for you. And this church, I want to see that it should be a, a, a city set up on a hill and be a blessing to this city. And I pray for my dear brother Steve and his dear wife Audrey that they will be a blessing to this church and to this city and to this region so that people will be blessed, beloved. If you want to receive a miracle, you have to reach out to God. If you want the touch of God, you have to reach out to God. If you want a, a, a breakthrough in your life, you want to reach out to the Lord. I just want you to come forward and let's pray. We want to, we would love to pray for you and we are here to pray for you. And if anybody wants, can we raise, can we, can we raise to our feet, beloved, before in his presence, his presence. If you want to, Lord, I need a miracle in my life, Lord God. I need a breakthrough in my life, Lord. I want to come to you. I want to reach out to you, Lord God. As a token, as a mark that you are getting rid of your past, you can come forward. The other day I was in a prison ministry. I was preaching to the convicts. And I told them, do you want to get rid of your past and want to have a bright future? 30 people came forward. And I was praying for them. They were to the ground. I was scared because, you know, in the prison, if something undue happens, I will end up in the prison. So I said, please stand behind somebody. They came. I was so touched because they want a future. Even in the prison situation. Even there is no hope situation. They said, Lord, you are capable of doing it. Let me assure you this morning. The Lord is going to touch us. His hand is upon us. If you want, you can come forward. We would love to pray for you. Anybody who wants to come, yeah, please come. The devil might tell you, stay back wherever you are. It's okay. But I want that you should have a special touch today. A special touch. Who, who, 
picked my power. You should be that woman picking the power from Jesus this morning. What a I request my wife to come forward to pray about it. And also I request Brother uh, Rick and Lee's uh, altar also to help us. Your mighty anointing upon us. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Man. Lord, I pray, Lord God, for this dear one. She looks to heaven, Lord God. Lord, she will bring the pearls from heaven to release to the body of Christ, my God. Let her get into another level that her ministry will be a blessing to this church, Lord God. Comforting the lives of the people, my God. Release her even bigger and better, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, release the mighty power and anointing. Receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray, Lord God, let your mighty power come upon this dear one. Lord, let her be in your presence, Lord God, praying for people. Lord, these hands are meant to comfort people, Lord God. Her words and hands will comfort the people and get them to their calling, my God. Release her. Release her, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray, I pray. 